Oh, I thank God uh, for Nolan's story. Isn't that cool? Let's just thank God for that. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I want to say happy Easter to all of you. My name is Jeff, one of the pastors here, and uh, it's just a privilege for us to be able to come together today and to worship in this place and, and to celebrate the greatest historical event that ever took place, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, the event that showed us that Jesus Christ was truly God. When that tomb was empty and when then Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, when he appeared to people, hundreds and then thousands What it did for them is it cemented in their minds everything that we celebrate this morning. And everything that we celebrate this morning leads to life change. It leads to life change for me. leads to life change for you. And so it's a joy to do that this morning. I want to just answer one question with you this morning. I want to explore just one question. It's a question that I believe has the potential to impact us in a way that's very meaningful. I think it's a question that every single person's life is better off if you've answered this question. I remember for myself, I got the answer to this question as a sophomore in college. I believe it was the greatest gift of my life. Guy came into my life and he began to share with me the answer to the question we're going to look at today. And when I began to understand that, it wasn't just an overnight process, but God began to change my life in some pretty dramatic ways. And at first it was a little like, whoa, what's going on here? But later it was like, wow, God, thank you. What a gift that was to me. And so this is the question that we're going to answer this morning. Here it is. What does the resurrection of Jesus, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for you? My hope is that you'll get in your car today and you'll have a very clear answer to this question. That's my hope for you. That you'll be able to walk out of here and you'll be able to go, that's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ means for me. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, all the other things that we'll go into today That's what the resurrection means for me. And so I'd love for us to pray even before we go any further and just to ask God just to lead us in this time. And I was, you know, I was sitting in my truck on Thursday night waiting for my daughter to get done with her soccer practice. And and as she was out there on the field, I was watching her play and I had a thought go through my mind. First of all, I thought, wow, God, thank you for her. What a, you know, what a gift. So fun to watch her play. But then I thought to myself, I want to do everything I can as a parent to help her thrive in life. Christine and I, we want to do everything we can to help her and our two boys excel in life. And then I thought about this. We have a Father in heaven that looks at us, each and every one of us, and he longs for us to thrive. And you may have never heard this before, but God is for you. And so even as we pray now, I just want you to pray with that mindset God is for me. That might be a new thought to you. And so would you pray with me now? And let's just invite God to speak to us. Lord, thank you for this morning. Father, thank you that we are able to gather in this place, God, with millions of people celebrating you all over the world today. And Lord, we just want to say to you, 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 you alone, Lord, are the reason why we gather. God, might your name be made great. Lord, you have resurrected, God, and we just praise you for that. God, it means so much for us. Lord, I pray for the person this morning that's here, and they just need a word of encouragement straight from you. You know exactly what they bring to this place today, and I pray, Lord, that you would bring that to them. I pray for the person that just needs to hear from you, just straight words from you. God, we pray, we ask humbly that you would do in this place what only you can do, and we invite you to do that. And so we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. What does the resurrection mean for me. You know, my goal today is that we will answer this question in the very clearest way possible. Um, In the gospel book of John, 
we see the resurrection story unfold. And I, I love these chapters. We see that Jesus has gone to the cross. Jesus Christ has died this brutal, this unsightly death. And so then he's been put in a tomb. Three days have passed. Mary goes to the tomb. She finds it to be empty. Jesus appears to her. And then Jesus goes on and he appears to his disciples. And then he appears to many others after that. And then something very telling is written in John chapter 20. It says this in verse 30. It says that Jesus performed many other signs, and he was doing miraculous things. He was proving that he was God in their midst. But then it says this, in the presence of his disciples, he did all those things, which are even more not recorded in this book. And then it says, but these are written that you may, keyword believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have, here it is, you may have life in his name. And we're going to talk this morning about what does it mean to have life in his name? What does that mean? You know, earlier in the book of, of the gospel book of John, Jesus said some powerful words. Jesus said, I didn't come just so you'd have an average life. Jesus said, no, I came that you would have the kind of life that's thriving, the kind of life that you would look at and you would go, my life is full. God, you are doing things in my life that are beyond what I could ask or imagine. And so when we ask the question this morning, what does the resurrection mean? It means that all the things that Jesus described as thriving, as life living to the full, as an abundant life, the resurrection means that those things are available to you and those things are available to me. Now, we all understand what it means to long for more, don't we? I mean, I understand what it means to be in one place and to long for more. But know this, God also looks at you. He's a good father. God looks at you and he longs for more for you. He's for you. And to help kind of frame this up this morning and drive home this point, I want to point out two important words that are displayed here on the stage. And I want you to think of these words, and you can think of them as describing a place. You could think of them as describing maybe even a season of life. You can surely think of them as describing a reality of the promises of God. So the first word is here. The second word is there. We're going to talk about those this morning. And I, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when I've been where, where I would say, I would say, I'm right here, but I wish I was over there. Maybe for you, you'd say, I'm in a job right now, and I'm, my job is right here, but I wish I had that job over there. I wish I had those perks. I wish I was on that team. Maybe for you, you look at some relationships in your life, and you would say this. You would say, in the relationships in my life that are even maybe even most important, you might say, our marriage is right here. And maybe it's broken. Maybe it's just right on the brink and you're really struggling. But you have hope and you, you hope that one day you'll be there. And you even know in your mind what there can look like. Maybe for you, you think of somebody that you really love. You think of a son or a daughter. You think of a grandchild. And you would say of them, you would say, they're living here. But I long for them to live there. I know what that is. And for you, that's just a dream that you have for them. We all have things in our lives that we would say, I'm here. And maybe you even feel like you're stuck here. But you long to be there. You know, when I think about the dreams even that I have for my own life, you know, I think they're probably very similar to yours. You dream of having friendships that are great. You dream of, of love in your life and wholeness and freedom from your past. You, you dream about the day when you could be accepted even past your mistakes. You dream about things that are meaningful, having a connection with God that really has substance to it. At the deepest level, I believe, of our souls, you and I look at our lives and we say, you know what, I've got some here's in my life, but I long for there. I dream of there. But let's just face it for a minute. Sometimes we can get to a place, I know this is true of me, where I can get stuck here. 
Well, where I can get kind of so entangled in those things, and, you, and here is, you could say it's described like this. Here is described by things like regret. See, here is described by things like hurt, unforgiveness. Here is described by brokenness, sin. Here is described by things that you wish that you could leave. And maybe for you, you would even say you've given up hope because the journey to there is harder than you thought that it would be. And you dreamed about it. You were, you've been over here and you've pondered it. But you've maybe even come to a decision where you've said, you know, I've kind of given up hope. And I'm saying, I don't even know if there is possible. The biggest questions of our lives are the questions where we ask things like, how do I go from here to there? How do I go from the place where I currently am to the place maybe, maybe that God longs for me to be? What if? Church, what if? What if you had a heavenly father that looked at your life and he saw you here and it broke the heart of God, your father, a good father? And what if God, in his mind, he was thinking and he was longing for you to be able to go there to the place where you could experience true life, true forgiveness, things that you know are right and true. What does the resurrection of Jesus Christ mean for me? What does it mean for you? You know Nolan's story? It's the story about how he went from here to there. It's the story about how he was entangled in, in so many ways in life here. But then God got a hold of him and God took him to there. If you and I look through the scriptures, we see this all over the place, that God desires for us to move, that God desires for us to go from here to there, and not just on the spiritual front, but really, it's, it's about all of our lives, all of our lives. God, know this, God never wants for you to stay there, never. However you describe there, he never wants for you to stay there. As a matter of fact, it breaks the heart of God. You look around our world, we know what there looks like. It's, you could describe it, it's, it's brokenness. I mean, all over the place, we see it, we feel it. But God never desires for us to stay there. Don't miss that this morning. Because there's another reality that unfolds in the scriptures. And we see this, it's the one that changes lives. It's the reality that became possible. It's there, and it became possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see this? When Jesus, when he rose from the grave, what he proved was, I am God. Dead men don't rise from the grave. But when Jesus did this, all the claims that he made became true in the minds of people. So like when Jesus said in John 10, before he would go to the cross, I've come that you might have life and have it in its abundance, abundance and its fullness. We know now, okay, that's true. I can cling to that promise because that guy was willing to die and then he proved that he was God because he rose from the grave. The Bible describes there quite differently than here. And because of the resurrection, we can have it. The Bible describes a place that one day we'll all experience, hopefully, it's a place called heaven. It's a place where there will be no more pain, where there will be no more mourning. And, and that's one aspect of there. Heaven is. My best friend from college buried his father this last week. And at that funeral, there was no one there that doubted where Tom was. Nobody. Because they knew Tom had lived here for a long time. But then God got a hold of Tom's life and God took him to there. And there was assurance in the minds of everyone there. But the scriptures even say more than that. Not only is there a place where we, that we experience when we die, but there is peace with God right now. Right now. 
So that when you go through life, you can have a sense of, okay, assurance, not only of where I go when I die, but also I can have peace with God right here, right now. I can wake up tomorrow and have purpose in my life, regardless of what my job is. I can have purpose in my life. You know, oftentimes people think this. They think that, hey, if I'm living over here and I'm experiencing all the things of here, in order for me to get over there, if you're describing, Jeff, that there is like relationship with God, then I probably have to do a bunch of things over here to clean myself up so that I can go over to there. And know this, that is their thinking. You read through the Bible and you'll find this, that there is a place that you cannot earn. There is a place that is not about your good merit badges. There is not a place that you get to go to because you're cleaned up. There is a place that God so freely gives to those that he loves. There is a place that if you sin against other people, And if you sin against a holy God in the process, which we all do, there's a place where you and I get to experience forgiveness. There's a place where you and I, I love this, it's one of my favorite words, where you and I get to experience this thing called grace. You know, we we don't deserve grace, but God so freely gives us grace. That's what we get at there. I love this. There's a place where your identity as a person It's not wrapped up in what you do, how you prove, how you perform. There's a place where your identity is wrapped up in being a son or a daughter of the living God. Here is shame. Here is guilt. Here is maybe you've had this experience. I know I have. Here is where you wrong someone and you just carry around. You're plagued by the guilt of your wrong and your own sin. There's a place where you can be forgiven. There is a place where you can even forgive yourself. For some of you, that's the greatest thing that you could do today. And you can forgive yourself because you've been forgiven or you can be forgiven by this incredible God that loves you and I. There is a place of freedom. There is a place where the presence of God is real now and forevermore. And so I want to ask you, how would you describe, how would you describe where you're at in regard to here and there? How would you describe where you're at as that relates to God? The thing that I want you to hear more than anything else today is this, is that God took the initiative. That God, that's why we celebrate Easter so well, is because God took the initiative. God made a way. God, you could think of it like this. You could think of it like this. God built a bridge between you and I. God said, hey, I know that you're over here. We see it from the beginning of the Bible. I know that you're living over here. But God said, even in the midst of that, I want to take you over there. Think about how important a bridge is. Think about maybe even how many of you crossed a bridge just to get here today, and maybe you didn't even know that you were crossing it. All of you crossed at least one of them. About 10 feet from our parking lot, you crossed the last one. Bridges are important, aren't they? But what does a bridge do? A bridge allows you to go from here to there. A bridge crosses a chasm, right? Um, I, you know, growing up, I loved to build with my buddies bridges like this. You know, some bridges are really small, like this one. Um, yeah, just kind of a fun one. And then, and then other bridges are really, really long. This is the world's longest bridge. This bridge is 102 miles long. Think of the huge chasm that that thing crosses. What did you do today? Well, we just drove on the bridge. I mean, wow, that's a long bridge. Now, this thing behind me might look to you, this right here, might look to you like, oh, that's just kind of a cool stage design. But what we built this for today was so that you would have this image in your mind, this is actually a bridge. And 
And now if I would have built it, I didn't build it. If I would have built it, it would have been like two by fours kind of stuck together. But this looks really cool and modern. You know, I love it. But here's the thing about a bridge. We all have bridges in our lives, right? Um, we all have bridges. I hope this image just sticks in your mind. We all have bridges in our lives. And you might do this. Because here's the thing. Every one of us knows what it's like to live here. And every one of us longs to live there. And so some of us will say this. We'll say, you know what? My money will get me from here to there. Or some of us will say, if I could only have that relationship over here, then I would feel like I am there. Or some of us would say, if I could just get over my circumstances, if God would just bless me and lead me, then I would finally go from here to there, that place where I dream of, that place where I long for. My question, though, to you today is this. Is the bridge that you're trusting in, is it trustworthy? Is it sturdy? Is it a bridge that can actually hold the dilemmas of your life? Is it a bridge that's really going to connect you with the God that loves you? You know, I want to share this passage with you. This is from Ephesians chapter 2. And again, I just hope this image this morning just really sticks in your mind. It says this in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. It's describing there. And we all know what that's like. And then it says this, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and its thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of death. It's talking about separation from God. It's talking about living right there. The Bible talks about a very real reality, eternal separation from God. It's called hell. It's eternal separation from the God that knows and loves you. But notice that it says this, you and I, we do not have to stay there entrapped by our sin. Verse 4, it says this, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. So get this, while you are living here, in the midst of that, God says, hey, I am not afraid to enter into your mess. I love you that much. While we were in that, God who is rich in mercy, what did he do? Because of his great love for us, he made us alive with Christ when we were dead in our transgressions. And then this is so powerful. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God, what did he do? He raised us with Christ. And so this picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you need to look at it as beyond something just for Jesus. It's also a picture of what God does for us when we look at his life and we say, God, you're the only one that can take me from here to there. And then it says in verse 8, this is so powerful, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. That's the walk across the bridge. And this is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God. God, it is by grace that you have been saved. In other words, there is nothing. Please hear this this morning, church. There is nothing that you can do to get from here to there. But Jesus Christ, he said, this is the gift of God. I give you my grace. Know this, God provided a bridge for you in the life, death, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is the only bridge that will truly bring you wholeness in life It's the only bridge that will bring you the true longings of your soul. If you've ever desired to be forgiven, Jesus Christ is the only thing that will bring that to you. The question is this, it is not if you will trust a bridge. The question is this, what bridge will you trust? What bridge will you place your life on? 
The Apostle Paul, he put it like this. He said, for the wages of sin is death. And he was describing there or here. But then he said this, but the gift of God, he was describing there, is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus both now and then for all of eternity. You know, I love this. When Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, it was by, by far, it was the greatest expression of him saying this to you and to me. He was saying, I'm coming after you. I love you. I'm constructing a way. I'm going to bridge the chasm between you and I. I'm going to take you from here to there. About a month ago was the funeral service of, of Billy Graham, and I got to see a part of that replay of, the, of, replay of that service, and I was touched by it. You know, I listened to the stories that his kids were telling, and, you know, they're talking about their father who was used by God to share the gospel, to tell people about Jesus Christ, how they could go from here to there. He told millions and millions of people about that. But then one of his daughters got up to speak, and she told her story. And she told her story about how she'd gone through a painful divorce. She'd been married 21 years, and then she got divorced. And she said this. She said, I did a lot of things wrong. And then she got to this place kind of after the divorce where her parents just said to her, they said, you need a new start. Why don't you move away? Just get a new start on life. And so she moved away. She moved closer to her sister. And right when she got there immediately, she got right back into another relationship. And her kids were not happy. They didn't like the guy. It wasn't going well. But she was convinced it was the right way forward. Her dad calls her from Tokyo, Billy Graham, and he says this. He says, hey, honey, please, would you slow down? Mom calls her from Seattle, says the same thing. But she said this. She said, I was stubborn, I was willful, and I was sinful. And so I quickly married this man. I married him on New Year's Eve, and she said, 24 hours later, I knew that I had made the greatest mistake of my life. Five weeks later, I was fleeing. And she said, I felt like a total failure. I let my parents down. I let my kids down. And she had nowhere to go, and so she drove home. And that's a two-day drive for her. And she said she was pondering what her parents' response would be. And she said, now no daughter, no daughter wants to disappoint her father. She said, now no daughter especially doesn't want to disappoint her father when her father is Billy Graham, right? Can you, would you agree? And so she said this. She said, I drove up the long lane leading to our home. She, they lived on the side of a mountain. And she said, when I got around the last corner, she said, I could see our house and I could see, she said, I saw my dad. She said, he was just standing there waiting for me. She said, I got out of the car, he embraced me with a huge hug, and he said to me, he said, welcome home. No blaming, no shaming, no, hey, what were you thinking? We told you so. And she said, my father was not God, but he showed me what God was like that day. Know this, when we come to God, when we come from here, even when we come with all the entanglements of sin, God says this. He says, welcome home. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, if you, if I, if we draw near to God, what will God do? God will not give you the hand. But God will say this, if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. He welcomes us home. And so I want to give you an opportunity this morning to be able to respond if you feel like God has kind of maybe touched your heart this morning and you can relate to living here, but you do long to live there, truth be told. This morning, I want to allow you to be able to go from here to there. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity 
to walk across this bridge, like literally, right here in the service, as a symbol, really, as a way for you to be able to say this, God, I'm, maybe for you, you're returning to God. Maybe you've been away from God for a while and you would say this, I've tried enough of here, I want to go back to there. I want to have that thriving, abundant life that God promises. I want to seek him. Or maybe for you, it's the very first time that this bridge made sense to you and you realized, okay, the only way for me to get from here to there, it's not by what I do, but it's, by, it's about what Christ has already done. So I want to give you that opportunity this morning. What you're going to be saying is this. If you walk this bridge, you're simply saying this. In your heart, from your heart, you're saying, God, I trust you. You're saying, God, I'm a, I'm a sinner, but I'm in need of grace, and God, I want grace. And so, God, I'll take that walk. And let me just say to you, it takes some humility to do that, but oh, it's worth it. God will honor that. You know, I had this kind of an opportunity shortly after I came to know Christ in college, and I was with a bunch of people that I knew, and, and uh, I had this opportunity to take a walk like this. And I'll be honest with you, it was a significant, I would say this, it was a defining moment for my life. Um, you know, sometimes uh, we go on vacation as a family. We actually just returned um, from some time in Colorado last week. And, and while we were there, one of the things that we like to do is we like to take some hikes. We like to take some challenging hikes with the kids. And, and so either our children are going to grow up to love the mountains or to hate them and never go outside because they've been damaged so badly. But, um, but we took a long hike. This is about a three, three and a half hour hike just to get to the destination. And this is a picture of my son um, along the way at one point. Yeah, here he is there. Just laid out. Yeah, it's rough. But we finally made it to the destination and it was great. We were finally there. We were pretty exhausted and we're sitting on this rock and just kind of resting. And then we began to pack up and just kind of get ready to go back down the mountain and and as soon as we got there, as soon as we kind of came over the crest of this hill, let me show you this picture. As soon as we came over the crest of this hill, that's what you see when you're going there. But as soon as we started to leave that beautiful place that we had gone to, we saw this mom, and she was there, and she was coming up the, hill, the mountain with her 12-year-old son. It looked like he was about 12, and then it looked like she had a son maybe six years old or so, five, five six, something like that. And what caught my attention was the son, because the son was laying in the snow face down, he still had his snowshoes on, his ski poles were just off to the side, and he was crying. And he wasn't crying because he was hurt. He was crying because he was exhausted. But what he didn't know was this. He couldn't see that he was almost there. And so right at the same time, Christine and I were thinking the same thing. And so we both said to him in different ways, buddy, you're okay. Just stand up. Like, I'll carry you. Like, just finish. You got to go, man, just a little bit further. Here's what I believe this morning. I believe that God looks at some of your lives this morning and he's cheering you on. I believe that God sees some of you in a way that you've never seen yourself. And I believe that God looks at you and he says to you, you are here, but let me cheer you on because the God of the universe who loves you, he longs for you to live there. And so this morning, I just wanna ask you this question. Will you go from here to there? Because this is so true. Unless you leave here, you will never experience the life that God promises you there. And so today I want to invite you to make a statement. Have that defining moment that I had many years ago now. And maybe for you it's just simply saying this, God, for the first time I choose there. Or maybe for you it's this, Lord, I've been away from you. 
but God, I'm coming back home. And when you come home, know this, God is waiting out front for you. He's not mad inside the house, ready for the lecture. No, he welcomes you. He longs to embrace you. And so my prayer for you is that Easter 2018 would be a defining moment where you experience the goodness and the grace of God, that you would go from here to there, that you would experience grace that cannot be earned. That was my story. I always thought that it, when I lived here, I always thought that the only way to get there is if I could clean myself up enough and that somehow the good would outweigh the bad and God would say, you're good to go. But that's no way to live. And I realized, okay, the only way that I can go from here to there is to understand that God in his unmerited grace and his unmerited favor to me, he sent Christ and that is the only way from here to there. So yeah, would you pray with me now? Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that, Lord, you would do something significant in our midst, Lord. I pray maybe if, even if it's just one person here today that would say this, I'm living in here, but God, you long for me to go there. Maybe it's just one person that would say, God, that's, that's the walk I need to take. That's the statement. That's the defining moment that I need to have today. I pray, Lord, that you would move in our midst. And so now, church, now we're going to sing here in just a minute, and you can make your way up if you'd like, if God would touch your heart in that way. And, and maybe even you came with a friend or a family member today, and you maybe even say to them, hey, I, I need to take that walk. That walk's a defining moment for me today. You can bring your friend. You can bring your family member. Celebrate that with them. And then let me just say this. Some of you, you're probably going, yeah, I'm a little bit worried, though, about what the people around me might think. And let me just, maybe just trust me on this, will you? I think that they will respect the fact that you are doing business with your God, with your creator. Um, for some of you, you're going to walk across the bridge today, and then you're going to go back to your seat, and that's great. For others of you, though, you might need, you might say this, I came in here with some pretty heavy burdens today, and I would love it if someone would pray for me. I would love to be prayed for, to be prayed over. And so if that's you today, we'll have some people on this side that will pray um, over you this morning. If you need help across the bridge, we'll obviously help you do that as well. So, so let's come. You can come this way as we stand and sing. Uh, don't go this way. You don't want to go from there to here. You know, let's not do that, okay? Okay, so make your way down as we sing. Let's stand now and let's sing together, okay?